Welcome to the Endurance Horse Podcast, where endurance riders from all across the globe gather, sharing their stories, goals, and progress as they train for and compete in endurance events at every level. So kick off your shoes, pull up a chair, and listen as we gather around the virtual campfire and listen to friends from across the world. Hello, this is Jim. And this is Chris. And we're, what, episode 38, or is it part 2 of 37? Both. It's 38. We had plenty of audio for episode 37, and I decided to just stop it at an hour. Cool. Well, it's Sunday morning here. I've got uh, breakfast on the stove. I've been uh, trying to spoil my wife. Her birthday's coming up on Friday, so I got her a present yesterday. I got another one coming today, and I think another one coming on Monday. You are so sweet. Thank you. He bought me a dragonfly pennant necklace. He knows I love silver jewelry, so he bought me a silver dragonfly pennant, and it has a little heart in the middle. Yep. Thank you. You're welcome. Got to get a new chain for it, though. Cheap chain. I love dragonflies. I just love them. And what did we do yesterday? So yesterday was something that had been on our calendar for months. We've been training towards a five-mile run, and I kind of was looking at that. That's the longest we've ever ran. And we we run intervals, so we do a set amount of running, and then we walk. And we did that for five miles. Seven miles total because we warmed up for a mile, then we walked and ran for a five miles and then we walked for a mile on the way back and like we said in the last episode we're not speedy we i think we averaged like a 1440 yesterday ish i mean some were slower some were faster it's cool with me though one of the only trails around here that's open is a rail trail so it was kind of flat and boring but we did cross a couple bridges a couple rivers uh it was a little intimidating it's easy to ride five miles on your horse it's a little something else to do it on my own two legs and i thought oh how's that gonna go so how did you think it went I went good. My uh, my knee held together and everything, so wasn't too uh, too tired afterwards. So it went good. The kids did awesome. We bought these running water bottles, and they slide on your hands. So you don't even really have to carry them. So everybody had their own water bottles, and the kids are pretty awesome. I think we're teaching them about endurance. They could definitely outrun us. So without further ado, I stole your line again. You stole my heart too. I love you. Ooh. Without further ado. We bring to you episode 38 of Endurance Horse Podcast. Hello, it's Sandy Sickles, Upper Midwest Endurance Rider and Green Bean, and I'm coming to you from Southeastern Wisconsin, and we have been on a stay, I'm sorry, a shelter at home order. And actually, I've been home since the very beginning of March. I had some vacation time, and then that rolled into staying home because of the COVID-19 virus, Uh, which, you know, was kind of a mixed blessing because I, you know, in the very beginning of March, I lost Charlie. And Charlie is... um, my Arab gelding, he was going to be 20 on April 5th. His registered name was Shalimar. And uh, he was diagnosed with liver cancer. And it's just been a devastating loss. Um, he was my best friend and just an excellent horse. I mean, he doesn't have, he never was going to have an uh, endurance record. He, he didn't like endurance, but he was the right horse for me at the right time. And, you know, he, I owed him so much. So that's been very, very difficult. But on a, a more positive note, since I've been home, I've gotten a chance to spend a lot more time with my horses. And I've been doing a lot more saddle time with my horse, Will. And Will's my seven-year-old Arab gelding, well, soon to be seven-year-old. And his registered name is Ajmani MP, and he is my endurance horse. So we've been doing lots of schooling. And that's been great because, you know, we needed to learn, work on rating our speed and, and, you know, staying light and responsive. So, you know, anytime you can have consistent work with your horse, you know, the improvements just keep coming. So that's been really exciting. I'm, I can hardly wait until we finally have the go ahead and can get out on those trails. Um, 
The other thing I added to my daily repertoire has been hand walking. And I've read quite a bit of it online on you know Facebook and that about the benefits of it. They are not kidding. It has been great. So my goal has been every day, rain or shine, we're walking. And so we've been doing it. And I'm noticing that Every time we do it, he's getting calmer. Uh, he's paying attention to what speed I'm walking at or jogging at, and you know, really being a partner with me. And that's exactly what I was hoping for. Plus, it's been really fun to work on stuff that you know he might have been looking a little bit worried at, uh, like puddles and you know, flapping tarps, trees whipping around, stuff like that. So I couldn't be more proud with how he's starting to handle all those things. Uh, I never really had a complaint about how he was on the trail. He's never had any really big spooks or anything like that. But it's nice to see his confidence increase and, um, you know, our partnership build because I am looking forward to the long haul with this guy. I just, I, I enjoy my time with him. I enjoy riding him and I just want to continue to build on that. So I hope you guys are all staying safe and staying healthy. And thank you so much for listening and happy trails. Bye-bye. Good morning, everybody. This is Keisha. I know you guys probably haven't heard from me for a long time. So much stuff has happened in these last couple months, but I didn't fall off the planet. I just wanted to give a quick update for what's going on with me and my horses, my special sweet horse Merlin and my baby Kassan. And now I have a new one and his name is Hercules. And I will give you guys a quick update on him as well. So where we're at now is of course everybody is on um, house arrest due to this COVID-19 and I just wanted to give an update on how great and what a blessing this has been for us that have our horses right at home with us and I also wanted to let you guys know for those that aren't able to go see yours my heart breaks for you because I can't imagine not being able to go out and pat my horse or um, be able to um, just spend some time with them because they have all been so special for me for these last couple months for my mental healing and my spiritual healing. And, and that's what I will talk about today is that I have my baby. I have not, he is three now and I haven't um, trained him yet for riding, but um, that's because I need to make sure that I'm consistent with him. And um, due to all the things that have gone in, gone on in my life, over this last uh, year, I know that I would be cheating him if I were to send him off to a trainer and bring him back right now. Um, a little bit over a year, I went through a divorce. And as you're going through divorce, you're like, oh yeah, this is right. I'm doing right. And and then um, I, I, after the last couple months, um, it's things have changed. Um, it's been a complete healing process. It, I can't believe how long it takes you to go through something like that. It's actually almost like a, a death in the family, especially whenever you have children, no matter how old they are. Now we're all doing great, ex-husband and everything, but um, it really put a damper on what my priorities were and where I stood as far as going riding. My heart was not fully into it. Actually, my heart wasn't fully into anything. And I'm coming back. I'm happy that uh, I'm at home with my horses and I haven't been able to ride them as far as like getting them prepared for endurance or anything. I had to take the entire year off because I wasn't right mentally. And um, some of the times whenever I had the worst times for trying to keep myself together inside, I would go grab Merlin. And even if it was just to jump on him bareback and take him out to eat grass, just to be able to sit there with him and to be sitting on top of this animal who shouldn't even be allowing me to do that, but is actually healing me from the inside because I am all I can do is sit there and think about how thankful I am that he trusts me to be his best bud and when you're out there in nature 
Um, I know everybody follows different religions, but I am a Christian and that's it. That's all I could think about is just how amazing God is and where I was living in that moment and being able to experience life and earth and the land of the untouched and being able to sit on this big animal and Him trust me. It, It was so overwhelming and the things that I needed to be able to get through some of the roughest parts of my life. And um, I also used this time to to walk Kassan and get out with him and just love him because even though he's big and he may not realize that he's so big, he's still a baby. And um, so we still have to learn all of the, the rules and things like that for spacing and stuff. So um, that's what I basically wanted to let everybody know that we're still around. We just haven't been able to train like we did previously but we are still a family just me and um me and my horses and then now we have a new guy and his name is hercules and he came from the same ranch and as a matter of fact kassan and hercules are brothers but hercules is 16 years old and was on 150 acres and never ever broke and so took him to a trainer and um it didn't work out so well he ended up um having a really bad incident where they put him on a hop walker and um, he'd never been on one before and it um, he got his head tangled and scared the fire out of him and it completely changed who he was when I dropped him off and picked him up he was um, a different horse and trainer didn't know what to do with him after that it was just he was terrified and he was scared and they told me I might want to take him back to the ranch, and I I refused to do it. Um, um, and one of the things I forgot to say about Hercules was I had picked him up for someone else. He wasn't in, going to be my horse, but when I picked up Hercules, the guy thought he was going to be able to ride him, and he was this great rider, and it didn't work out that way. Hercules decided differently, so that's why he ended up going to... Um, another trainer. And then that trainer kind of said, no, he's not going to work out. So he went through two people, kept tabs on him. And then a local person said, I will take him on. I want to do this. And so I gave him to a local person. That trainer was the best trainer I've ever had in my life. Within two days, he called me and told me to get over there and get on the horse. We went out and rode in the desert every day. I left him there for 30 days. I got on that horse day two and we were out on trail. He would do his work with him during the day and I would go over and ride. And his graduation was, I was only about three miles from where the trainer lived, but through the desert. So the trainer rode with me halfway home in the desert and he said, take off, you got this the rest of the way. And I rode home with him. Hercules is my old man and he's kind of stubborn. He has uh, thrown a fit with me once, (laughs) but I have been able to get out with him with um, some friends and chase Oryx and um, that guy watches his feet. We go up and down stuff and he's turned into a really good boy. He just needs some mileage on him and his body's shaped so differently than Merlin. Merlin's so thin and um, lean looking. He can go fast as heck on flats, but he's not really great on hills. And Hercules is um, a boy after my own heart, big booty. So he is all about the hills and being able to do things. And um, so I have three guys now. And with this time at home, I'm able to telework, go out, pet them, love them and telework some more. And I'm just going to use this time to take advantage of what we got. And then I love all of the different virtual challenges I have seen online and one of them is Christina's her um, warhorse challenge I'm so excited about that and those things are helping me and motivating me to get moving and so although it's been a year and such uh, for me to be out there riding and being consistent um, this morning I'm sending this podcast because I feel so positive and excited about the future and um, I'm healing and my horses are healing and um, we're all coming together. We're going to do this together, um, get better together. This is exciting time for all of us if we look at that. And that is basically what I wanted to say is that I know that being at home, you can go stir crazy. And being at home, you can your mind can just never shut down and just um, make you have a million excuses why not to do things. But this is our job to really get out there and look at the positive and what we have around us. And um, the one great thing about horses is it gets us away 
from life and we're able to heal and we're able to see the spiritual greatness around us regardless of what you guys believe in that is it's my church and i just love it i just wanted to tell you all hi and um i am still alive and hopefully you will be hearing more from me on all three boys in the future talk to you soon hi jenny here again So that was the update on what Lace was up to for the last part of the season. And now I'll just catch you up on her babies, Dancer and Jimmy. So moving on to Dancer. What was Dancer up to in the last few months? She'd done a few 20s early in the season. She'd done one 40k ride. And at Kuratau, I took her along and we did another 40k ride to time event. We had a ball. It was great. It was very hot. With the ride to time, you all, it's like CTR. You start in pairs at different times. Because I had been planning to ride 160 the day before, and I thought, well, I don't want to get up early and ride the 40Ks. So I asked for a start time around the middle of the day, which turns out to have been a bit of an error because it was very hot. Those those horses that started early in the morning, that started at around seven in the morning, they were the ones who won. But I wasn't riding to be competitive. I was just doing another, getting a second 40Ks on my young horse. So that was okay. And she did really well. Emily and Tigger caught up with us. And so we were riding along in a group of four for the last 10, 15 kilometres probably. Actually, maybe almost 20 kilometres, nearly half the ride. And that was where I discovered that the little rose hackamore that I'd been using on Dancer um, set to a very low leverage setting was no longer enough. And it was noticeable that the two of us who were riding in those as we were cantering along the last couple of kilometres, were definitely out in front with less control than the other two horses who had the more normal hackamores with the longer shank. So since then, I've been teaching her to ride in her mother's hackamore, just riding very lightly because Dancer is quite reactive, but definitely gives me slightly better breaks. That's all learning and getting the hang of it. Nice to know that she, in fact, is keen and wants to barrel along and have fun with the other horses which is great. So that was actually Dancer's third 40-kilometre ride. And at the Tamaranui ride where I took Lace for her last 40k ride, my friend Arnlise, um, who was back in the country, she had been my flatmate when I um, went over to do Tevis. She was in charge of everything while I was away. She was able to catch a, get a 80k ride at the Tamaranui event. So I caught up with her and said, hey, how about you ride dancer in the 60k at the Makahiwi Challenge because obviously with a marathon ride you can't even though you're there for three days you can only ride one horse because you're riding that same horse every day and all events are taking place essentially at the same time so that was going to be really great Annalise was going to ride dancer at the Makahiwi and unfortunately she'd just bought her flight as she's living down in Nelson now. She'd just bought her flights to come up and spend a week with me when the lockdown and pandemic all hit. So that's no longer happening either. So that's another disappointment. This dancer was probably going to do quite well at that. Never mind. Next season, Dancer will be stepping up and once she's got a, a few... A couple of 40s under a belt will be aiming to do a few 80k rides next season. So that's something to look forward to. And then we've got Jimmy. Jimmy's my little orange pudding and he's only five. He's Dancer's younger brother or half-brother. And he had his first outing at a local ride. So it was just a short trip, only about 30, 40 minutes drive away. I took him along. I took him on his own and we get there and his eyes are just on stalks. We've only been for one ride out before, which was just before Christmas. It was just a little mini pretend endurance ride where you just go and do your own thing on a marked course. Because my friend at that point had been about to go away to Melbourne for Christmas, 
we had got permission to start early. So whilst he nominally had been out to an event, we didn't see any other horses except right near the very end. When I turned up slightly late to the local ride and there's a paddock full of trailers and horses everywhere, he was just a little bit stunned. But I took him along to do the pre-ride vetting you know this is his first vetting ever and his heart rate was 44 which I was really thrilled about and he managed to do a trot up without needing to be dragged too much we had practiced that a little bit at home but it's still usually interesting for them for their first trot up because they're just so busy looking around that they can't really concentrate on the fact they're supposed to be trotting next to you but he did okay I'd been paired with someone who had a nice forward going horse um, possibly a little bit too forward but she didn't lose control and didn't have any trouble so that's okay and she was more than happy to wait for me when Jimmy was being a bit worried about things and gave good leads through nasty obstacles like down over culverts with rusty cars in the drain and there was a paddock full of water buffalo all sorts of exciting things and it's only a short course, so whilst even though it was only 24Ks we were doing, it was still one 16K loop and then a shorter 8K loop. And it was really great that setting out on the second loop, things that he'd been frightened of the first time, he was happy to lead and go first and had gained so much confidence just in that short time to go forward and tackle things when he'd seen them before. So I was very pleased with him on the ride. We just did it slowly, although we were only ended up about 20 minutes over our optimum time and then I hadn't bothered to bring buckets over for the strapping because like I said I'd been a little bit late arriving so I just had just set things up back at the trailer. So we got back to the trailer. I had to get off and lead him because his friend had gone off to their trailer somewhere else and suddenly he was alone and there's all these scary things about. So I led him back to the trailer, did a bit of strapping. Again, he's now tied to the trailer on his own and he's a bit worried. But happily, Tigger was actually, his trailer was parked next door. So... Um, my friend brought Tigger over to stand with Jimmy and that was great because not only was it another horse but it was a horse he knew which really helped and then we went back and vetted and which all that seemed to only take seven minutes apparently that um, was quite surprising when I got our results that we strapped in just over seven minutes given we'd had to walk all the way over to the trailer and back but that's good and then his heart rate was again in the 40s so really thrilled with him it was very noticeable because he was feeling insecure just how much he is in fact bonded with me and how much he is my mate and how much he relies on me and how different that is when it's a horse you've known since they were born you know they are just closer to you and it's just such a thrill to be taking Lace's folds out and having them start their endurance careers that ride was in February we've been having a very hot and dry summer and so the ground was very hard so Basically, I haven't ridden Jimmy since then. You know, he's only five there. I had been planning it to take him to the last ride, which is another local, which was another local one. I took Dancer there last season, and it's really great because it's the one that has all the stream crossings. You basically zigzag your way back over this little stream, doing about seven or eight crossings. So it's really good for your young horses. But that has now been also cancelled. So that was Jimmy's season. He had sort of one and a half rides. And that's okay. He did really well. And I'm really happy with him. So roll on next season where I'm going to have Dancer as my number one horse. Lace as my backup horse. And Jimmy will be aiming to do a few more 20s and then step up to his first 40. So that'll be exciting. Catch you all later. Bye. start this morning with a little story from I don't know probably 16 or more years ago it was Thanksgiving and I had gone to Rock Hill with my family to enjoy and celebrate Thanksgiving and another member of our church or family in our church was nearby as well their family lived nearby the Graves family and their daughter Lainey who I think was probably about four at the time uh, came down with appendicitis while she was at her grandparents' house at Thanksgiving and ended up in the hospital. And so uh, one evening, Lee and I drove to the hospital in a nearby town to see Lainey and her family. 
And I, I don't remember if this happened while I was there. I think it was just something that Dawn, her mother, reported to me later, but that Lainey just did not like, of course, being in the hospital and having to undergo surgery and all of the mess that, that, that she had to go through. And she just kind of stomped her foot at one point and said, I am sick of this in my life. And Dawn and Lee and I, and I know the rest of the Graves family probably have uh, used this over the years. It's just a wonderful uh, uh, expression of lament. Uh, I am sick of this in my life. I woke up this morning sick of this in my life. Uh, sick of having to be stuck at home and not get to see people, not get to hug people. Uh, sick of knowing that in spite of all of this mess with this virus, uh, Chattanooga and the wider southeast area is now uh, trying to dig out from tornadoes and storms. I am just sick of this in my life. Uh, Lainey's little phrase helps, uh, and yet I just woke up depressed and frustrated and not wanting to keep doing this. But then I remember David Steindl-Rass, who is this wonderful monk, who has dedicated his life to helping people be grateful. And he says that we need to learn how to be grateful for every moment, not meaning that we're grateful for everything, but we're grateful in every moment. And so I started thinking this morning, what are things that I'm grateful for right now? Yesterday was a wonderful but bittersweet day. Uh, my dear, dear friend, Carrie Barris, whose horse Comet lives with us, uh, yesterday was the second year anniversary of her husband's death. And so we had already planned that we would meet together and ride together at one of the few places still open, kind of between us and Asheville. She, uh, she lives in Asheville. Of course, we live here in, in Cleveland. And so uh, the Morganton boat ramp at Baker's Creek, about an hour and a half or so from me, is open and their trails were open. And so we agreed that we would meet there and ride. And, and really, if it weren't for this, this horrible anniversary, I might have canceled it on her because I knew the trails were going to be a mess and the storm and all. But I really needed and felt like Carrie needed to see her horse and needed to get in a good ride. And so we went. We met Debbie Lashley there. Debbie's another one of our horse friends. And originally, Debbie was just going to meet us and kind of point us in the right direction. I'd never been there before. Uh, but instead, Debbie showed up with a horse, and she said, if it's all right with you, I thought I would, would kind of lead you guys. It's kind of a, a spider's web in there, and it might be better if I go with you. And so Debbie led us on a wonderful 14-mile ride. Uh, we had such a good time, and she was right. Uh, we would have just kind of stayed lost up in there if it had not been for Debbie. And for Debbie to be willing to, to give up her time to, to help us have a great ride was just so, so wonderful. And then Carrie, on her way back to Asheville, stopped at uh, one of Anthony, her husband's favorite trails, and she did a little, about a mile and a half, I think, run in, on the trail to a, a favorite spot, and, um, and she left some of his ashes there and then came back. And on her way back through, she saw some of those wonderful little dwarf irises that bloom this time of year. And when I got up this morning and I was feeling uh, so depressed and just, again, feeling I'm just so sick of this in my life, I noticed that Carrie had sent me pictures of those dwarf irises. Now, those dwarf irises have a special meaning to me as well. It uh, used to be that uh, Lee and I always did a backpacking trip on uh, Easter Sunday. Sometimes it was a family backpacking trip. Sometimes it was with friends. Sometimes it was just with the two of us. And I think it may have been the first time that we ever went backpacking on Easter Sunday afternoon, we were hiking uh, in uh, somewhere in South Carolina and we saw for the first time that we had ever noticed those tiny little dwarf purple irises. Now irises are Lee's favorite flower and so to see them on an Easter Sunday was for us just this wonderful gift that God gave to us. A wonderful symbol of resurrection like all flowers are but for it to be Lee's favorite flower and for it to be Lee getting to discover a new version of her favorite flower on Easter has always made that for us symbols of Easter, symbols of resurrection, and symbols of hope. And so I responded to Carrie and told her that little story. Uh, she knew that we liked irises. I'm not sure she knew that story. And said, uh, my hope is that this is a gift for you as well. And she responded and said, I, I hope it is too. I I'd like to think uh, that it is. And so on this beautiful day, when we are stuck at home, when some of our 
friends and fellow Chattanoogans or fellow people in the southeast are digging out from under a storm, when other people are facing the loss of loved ones because of this virus, uh, let us be grateful, uh, not for uh, what is happening, but grateful for each moment. And let us find ways to sense God and to see God and to be grateful. And one of the best ways we can be grateful is find a way to, to share our gratefulness with others or to share with others in some other ways. I invite you to find a way to make a difference this day. God is with us. How thankful I am for that. Hello, this is Brooke Moeller from Iowa, checking back in. A lot of things have happened since I last submitted a file. First off, one of them was starting an endurance clinic in Iowa. We had it all set to go, myself and a few other people from Iowa, some that are endurance riders, others not, but interested in helping and learning. We're going to get the clinic going. We were going to have it at Elk Rock State Park in Knoxville, Iowa, and we were going to do like an educational portion and a mock ride. And all the spots in the clinic were almost filled up until life changed for all of us. We're looking to postpone the clinic as it was in late April and got canceled. Hoping to postpone it until the fall, but no one knows when be able to have events again so I guess we'll just see how things go but from all of this still got increased interest in the sport and I still have that Facebook page going Iowa Distance Riders as a Facebook group and we've gotten a lot of members and a lot of people starting to look into the sport and actually start conditioning, getting ready to do some rides this year. We've got people starting to get together to condition together, depending on what state part of the state they're in. And we're hoping to have some educational video conferencing on our page to give them the information that we were going to give at the clinic, minus the mock ride. Of course, you can't do that to help get them started to ride this year. Hopefully we'll get at least a couple of rides in before winter again, but I guess we'll just see what happens. So far we have 40 members in our group and I was really surprised to get that many as I only knew two other endurance riders in the state besides myself. So it was really exciting to find that there were more in Iowa and that a lot of people are really interested, just didn't know where to start or have the resources to start. So that's all been really exciting. The weather has gotten warmer here in Iowa. All the snow is gone. Getting out on more conditioning rides, especially yesterday, was just beautiful. The other thing I've been working on lately is learning how to do a barefoot trim on my horses. By no means am I an expert or a quote-unquote farrier at this point, but learned enough to, to maintain and trim as needed. And I have my farrier check my work to make sure I'm not causing any harm. And so I've started to build up my upper body strength and leg strength too, honestly. And I only do my two horses. I don't think I could do more at that than that at this point. About one set of feet a day and I am completely out of energy and strength. It's way harder than it looks. And the reason I got into that was I finally got some boots for my main distance riding mount, Rusty, my Morgan, and wanted to be able to keep his feet the right length to keep the boots fitting. And I'm usually so busy in the summer that it's hard to schedule farrier appointments so thought I'd learn to do it myself so that was a good wintertime learning activity this year and still learning but I feel like I've learned a new thing pick something new up and can maintain his feet to be able to keep the boots fitting nice I got scoop boots I've worn them just a couple times so far but they seem to be working great and otherwise, I don't have any more updates as of now. Hopefully, we'll be sending another audio file in at a first ride this year. My first one was going to be in June, first weekend in June, so I hope we can go at that point, but we just don't know, I guess. So I hope everyone's staying healthy and happy and are still able to get to their horses and get out on their horses. I look forward to hearing updates from everyone else. Hi, this is Chris again, and today we are at the 1863 Cafe in Eagle, Wisconsin, and I am talking with one of my favorite ride managers, Don Hawes. 
Hello. Hello. <laughs> so I met Dawn at one of my first endurance rides. It wasn't my very first one, but at APTRA, which is in June, always usually with rain. And so I thought it'd be fun to interview her for the podcast. So Dawn, how did you get into horses? Oh, many, many years ago, um, I lived in the city. And my mom and dad bought a little house out in the country in the Mm -hmm. middle of nowhere. And um, at the time, there was only just over an acre there, but there was a riding stable up the road. On the day that we moved in, they shoved all the kids out the door and we went riding. Mm. And from that day on, I cried that I wanted a horse. Oh, wow. Like how old were you, do you think? um, I was 14 and I was 16 when I got a horse. I can honestly tell you that I have never owned anything except an Appaloosa from the first horse that I got. They've all been Appaloosas. The first horse that I ever had was the only horse that I ever sold. (laughs) (laughs) And the rest of them have all lived with me until they died. So So what about your first horse? My first horse was actually um, a mare that came out of the riding stables Appaloosa Stallion hmm. and um, she was green as grass don't ask me why we <laughs> because everyone was stupid we didn't know anything about you know a horse and um, she was quite the trip I tell you she uh, would canter along and she would be really really good and then she would take off and we rode through an apple orchard, and she knew exactly what trees that she would fit under, and you didn't. <laughs> so I was brushed off quite a few times, and uh, her main goal in life was eating, as any horse. And so, mm, and Appaloosas mm-hmm. are famous for for <laughs> not letting anything get in the way of food. <laughs> and she would be going along, and all of a sudden, stop, drop her head, and there you went over her head. So, so not the ideal first horse. No, no, she wasn't. But we learned a lot on her, and then I bought another Appaloosa. Mm-hmm. I started with him, and we rode Hunter Jumper, and I spent a lot, a lot of time riding Hunter Jumpers. Mm-hmm. So how did you find and endurance? Then, well, my husband would ride, but there was no way that he was going to go around and around in a show ring, mm-hmm. and I couldn't convince him that, you know... He should, you know, do Wear anything tight else, pants right? And tall boots. And <laughs> I just kind of can't see Jim no. going with that look. No. And so I tried to find something that both of us could do. And at the time, we had a lot of room that we did ride a lot cross country. And uh, you did have to be able to jump in order to get from one spot to another Mm -hmm. because the pastures were fenced off with jumps. Mm -hmm. And uh, we would do a lot of cross-country riding. I just happened to see an article in Wisconsin Horseman's News, (laughs) and there it was. It was all about competitive riding and training your horse and conditioning your horse. And I took that sucker, and I read and read and read and read. Mm-hmm. And followed it exactly and started out actually in Northern Kettle Moraine mm-hmm. doing endurance because it was something that Jim and I could both do. Yeah, I just talked with Tracy Porter and she said very similar things. It's funny because she brought up Wisconsin Horseman's News mm-hmm. and I heard they're making a resurgence. Okay. So maybe I should call them too because <laughs> they're not the, you know, like me, that it just kind of shrunk up once the right. internet came around. And, right. and she also said, the reason she picked endurance was she could do it with her mom. You yep. know, when she did go along, mm-hmm. you know, she was really happy to be able to do that. Yep. It was something that I didn't need to buy special clothes or mm-hmm. a special tack or, you know, anything like that to do. So. so the next question is always, what made you stick with it? What do you love about it that made you stick? <laughs> I think my first ride. Yeah. You got it addicted. Was, it was, it oh. was probably the most horrible ride. Was it? <laughs> Up at the North Kettle? It was up in Northern Kettle, Mm -hmm. and I don't know if you know Mary Mott, but Mary Mott was our leader, Mm -hmm. and Mary Mott was um, supposed to bring one horse to lead us, and that horse injured himself in the pasture, and then another horse did something else stupid, and that one was lame. So she brought this horse that had at least three minutes of training on him. Mm -hmm. (laughs) 
And he went, at that time, the, the trail went down the driveway, not where it does now. Yes. And so you, we were going down the driveway, and that horse was from one side of the driveway to the other. And she was going, woo, don't do that. <laughs> woo, don't do this. <laughs> don't, don't do this. Don't do that. <laughs> Uh, so um, it, it was quite the ride, but we had a lot of fun and we had we laughed a lot about mm-hmm. it, you know, and you know it it was great, you know. And then I think we had a surprise check somewhere in the middle there, you know. Everybody was just so helpful and mm-hmm. you know it was so welcoming. And I mean, you know, it, they were explaining things to you. And when it came time for awards, I think I got a second place that one. And everybody's clapping and cheering, and I'm thinking, wow. (laughs) (laughs) That's not like the hunter-jumper circuit. uh, Uh No, no one ever talks to you. (laughs) (laughs) And so so that's how I started. Mm -hmm. And just we started looking for someplace closer to the trails that we Mm -hmm. could ride more. And so with a map of the roads and a map of the horse trails, we started looking for houses or property. And where you are now. Uh-huh. Yep. Yep. And yep. so how long have you been there? 30 years. So <laughs> Wisconsin Horseman's news article kind of drove in a roundabout way to where you live yep. today. Yep. So they mm-hmm. should definitely get back out there because <laughs> yeah. they, they might not feel like they're affecting people's lives, but they did. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Right down to your address. Right. So how long did it take you? So you got very involved with distance riding. You didn't just keep riding you became a ride manager and and that again was all because of where we live (laughs) (laughs) oh look don lives near the trails don will mark the trails Mm -hmm. and and believe me the first few times that we rode in in palmyra i was lost beyond belief i mean Mm -hmm. i couldn't tell you where i was Mm -hmm. i had absolutely no idea i think the one time we went camping and after about two hours we were still trying to make it back to the campground and couldn't find our way. And Jim said, just let the horse go. <laughs> <laughs> and I, we just gave the horses their head and we went back to camp. The horses knew where supper was. So so you, you went a step further. So maybe this story about getting lost had something to do with applying for the grant from AERC <laughs> and putting up these nice permanent metal markers so people don't get lost, which well, I know I thank you for that before, but I think that was a great thing you did. And AERC had just announced that they were, you know, going to have grants. And so um, I applied for the grant because... Uh, there were many endurance rides in Southern Kettle. Many, yeah. And um, got the first grant and was able to do signage mm-hmm. and actually work on extending the trail as um, f- across Highway 59 mm-hmm. because the trail had ended there. Even further back, when we first moved, the trail actually never went to Young Road and hmm. crossed. Those, that is all new trail. And that trail going from Young Road up the hill, we cut by hand. Up that, <laughs> up that huge hill? Yes. All wow. of that was cleared That goes by, out towards Olson Cabin. Yes. All of that was cleared by hand. The trail actually just went straight out to um, Dolan Road. It didn't go up. Wow. <laughs> so we cut that. I, I mean... We had an Easter egg hunt. We we were out there on Easter morning one time, cutting trail, because the DNR would only allow us to use hand tools. And so all of the neighbors on Young Road, we all met there, and um, by hand we cut trees and limbs and started that trail. You know, I've had quite the education with about the, the club, the local club for the mm-hmm. Southern... This is not an endurance club. So right. for people who don't know, we're talking about the Southern Kettle Marine Horse Trails Association. And I didn't totally see the value in it. And then I was... To honestly, I was a little annoyed that I kept seeing all the branding of them. Because I assumed, which I'm the reason I'm talking about this, is because other people might assume when they go out on the trails, they might think that's their state mm-hmm. doing that. But as I have learned over the last three years, it is not the state. It's the riders usually right. out there doing it. Right. The The southern end of the trail from uh, 
Young Road to Olson Cabin. Mm-hmm. Now, that was all just the neighbors on Young Road, that road. That, it, that was many years before there was such a thing as Southern Kettle Moraine. That's just the neighborhood. That was the neighborhood that got together. Everybody rode, mm-hmm. um, and we all used the trails, you know, mm-hmm. and we wanted it extended. So, And then um, after Southern Kettle Moraine was formed, then we worked with the DNR because there are so many horses in that neighborhood, you know, they all use the trails. Well, they would have to go down the road. They worked with us, and we were able to put in an access trail. Mm-hmm. One of the neighbors went to the DNR, you know, and said, you know, we would really like to, you know, get this trail going. And, of course, you know, as with any state agency, their funds are limited. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, if you offer labor, free mm-hmm. labor, they're more than willing to take it. You're a pioneer, so, Dawn. You know that? <laughs> you are. Just crazy. <laughs> you know, we all just want to saddle up and go, but if you don't do this, there's nowhere to saddle there's up and no, go. That's right, and that's why we work so hard at it and why we, you know, maintain. In fact, until the DNR <clears throat> logged along that access mm-hmm. trail, um, Jim always maintained that. And that he just still, blows me away. It, it, he always mowed that. I mean, we have taken care of that trail for I don't know how many years. I mean, years and years and years and years now. I wanted to get a story from you, or you could tell me about your favorite horse. But I know that you, you told me a bear story, so I kind of <laughs> had wished I had recorded that bear story. Okay, what I think bear I, story? I, I think I, I'd have died. Um, <laughs> you were talking about cresting a hill or that there was a bear. They had logged, and the loggers had left their trash barrel oh. on the trail. Bear bait. Yes. <laughs> now, at this point, we had probably gone about 94 miles. Oh, wow. So, you know, it was still light. It was summer, and so it was still light outside, and... The bear kind of, nah, you know, and I just kept screaming and banging and making noise. And he finally got out of the trash bin and walked up the trail right in front of us. And I'm thinking, <laughs> so, oh, great. Yeah, we're this gonna is, follow the bear. Yeah, we're going to follow the bear home, you know. 50 yards off the trail, and we scurried past. Mm-hmm. So, this was what did so, Eclipse think of all this? Because I think my Houdini would have had heart um, failure. You know, at 94 miles, I think he was too tired to really care. (laughs) Another bear story, I came up a hill, and this was in Merrill at Lincoln Hills, Mm -hmm. um, in that area at the Underdome. All I remember from the ride meeting is that between mile marker, I'm going to say seven and eight, there's been bear. Okay. (laughs) Well, I passed mile marker seven, and I'm coming up a hill, and it was gravelly, and rocky and so we're making lots of clanking noises all of a sudden I get to the top of the hill and there is a bear coming at me <laughs> and I told Eclipse I said don't dump me now just oh <laughs> just keep going <laughs> and actually what it turned out is the bear was on a path that was diagonal to oh. mine coming at me mm-hmm. and our trail kind of veered away from him and the bear was running as fast as he could away from us and I ran as fast as I could away from the bear. The opposite direction. (laughs) Yes. So, and then my other bear story is I was in Antigo and I was doing a competitive ride on uh, my mare and Jim was with me. All of a sudden a bear cub went in front of us and I turned around to him and I said gallop kick that horse and gallop I said there's a bear and I am my horse was a great trotter but she did not like to canter much so mm-hmm. she was quite surprised when she was galloping along and we were moving and Jim's yelling at me but I've never seen a bear before. <laughs> so he wants to stop and look? <laughs> and said, yeah, and bear I, and cubs, no, no. I, I yelled at him, you want to see a bear? We'll stop at the zoo and see a bear. <laughs> so as we wrap up, you've mentioned Eclipse a couple times. Can you tell mm-hmm. us about Eclipse? Eclipse was the first Appaloosa that I had that actually was half Arab. He did not look half Arab. 
He had the typical rat mane and tail. Mm -hmm. He had no flowing mane, no flowing tail. He was probably one of my favorite horses to ride. I, with that, I'm going to say thank you. And thank you for all the trail marking you've done and all the ride managing you've done, because we really appreciate it. Well, thank you. Hey, this is Chris again. And Jim. And we want to say thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to listen in to Endurance Horse Podcast. So I just wanted to make you aware again of the virtual that we're doing is a 100-mile challenge. It's called the War Horse 100-mile challenge. And you can sign up and complete the challenge before December 31st. Then we have Courtney Kruger with Ride and Tie. And they have a Ride and Tie challenge that I think many people could do they're offering different distances and as soon as jim and i figure out a trail we're going to take a horse out and do it cool yeah we got to find a trail that's open though it was good to hear all the uh interesting stories you had on there people need to keep sending those in i mean i know there's no competitions going on right now but this isn't about competitions this is about people's everyday life so you're right jim we just really want to hear from people this is not a magazine style podcast it's about connections between horses and riders and between the riders and each other yep i mean not that we don't want to hear about the competitions and sure. how they're going but that's not strictly what this is all about it's everyday life we'd be happy to hear from you about that or if you have a funny story that happened even five years ago. Let's hear about that too. It doesn't have to be something that, um, as we all know, we're all grounded right now. We're all on timeout and grounded to our homes mostly. So what a, what a better time to share what has gone on in the past. So if it's funny, if it's interesting, record it, send it in. And that would be episode 39 coming up and we're getting close to episode 40. Cool. Awesome. We're ahead of schedule again. So stay in touch. And uh, you all stay safe out there during this uh, coronavirus thing. And uh, we hope to hear from you soon. We enjoyed having you along for the ride. Endurance Horse Podcast is where you get to share your adventures of riding good horses through beautiful country. Many stresses in life are washed away by a good gallop, a steady trot, or by simply saddling up your favourite horse for an easy ride. Remember, every mile a memory. To share your story on Endurance Horse Podcast, send an email to endurancehorsepodcast at gmail.com.